Our theme this month is what? I know it's up there somewhere. I know it's up there somewhere. The journey of becoming. And here during Advent, we are, and what our theme is this month is for us to take a pause. You know, December, this sort of the, the, where December and January meet, it's one of my favorite times of the year. You know, actually, if you think about it, it's almost like the, the pause at the top of a roller coaster ride. <laughs> we get to reflect on how we got here and a little glimpse of what's to come. And here this month, our theme, The Journey of Becoming, is really an invitation for us to pause and look at where we've come, personally and collectively in our own spiritual growth, and also as a community. You know, last week we had at our Ignite meeting downstairs, there were 34 people who were able to stay, to come together, to, to enter into a conversation around where have we come, what's worked, what hasn't worked so much? What would we like to see more of? And you'll be hearing more about that. But here today in particular, the, in today's message, I want us to pause to take a look at really the joy that's available to us in this moment of becoming. In this moment. You know, there's a story about a magnificent Buddha in Thailand that was made of solid gold. You heard John talking about this golden Buddha. He beat me to the punch. And, uh, but there's this solid gold Buddha in Thailand that sits, I mean, it's magnificent, solid gold, and it towers over nine feet tall in its meditative pose from its seat to the top knot on the top of its head. And it was crafted by artisans, they believe, um, somewhere between the 13th and 14th century. And while it's priceless as a relic, priceless as a work of art, you know, in history, if you were to take all of that gold and to melt it down, it's, it's worth in today's dollars more than $250 million. But in 1757, the monks of the temple that were tending and caring for that Buddha, they learned that they were going to, their village was going to be invaded by the armies of Burma, their neighbor. And so in order to protect their greatest treasure and to keep the Buddha safe, they decided that they were going to disguise this golden Buddha with mud and plaster. They were going to cover up the gold. And so what was once gold is now really a, a clay statue. Well, the invaders came, and they came looking for this and that, and whatever they could take and, and you know, pillage and, and make their own. And here's this clay Buddha. And, well, that's not very important. There's, you know, um, valuable. There's clay Buddhas everywhere. And so the plan worked, and they left. And the villagers and the monks decided to let things stay as they were. And, and after time, I got, this, I got the clicker, Dave. I got the clicker now. 
After a time, everyone who was involved in the cover-up passed on. And no one knew what laid underneath that clay. It was more than 200 years later did the truth come to light. In May of 1950, uh, 1955, a monastery, the monastery was moving and so the monks were here to take, I mean, actually the last 20 years from 1935, 1955, this clay Buddha was actually sitting out in a little tin, um, a little shack. <laughs> but as they were moving their monastery, they tied it up with ropes and everything, and they were moving the Buddha, and the, the Buddha fell, smack right on its face. It's amazing that it wasn't damaged but there was a crack they discovered at its base. A crack at the base of the Buddha. And one of the monks went and looked, and, and there was a glimmer that shined through the clay. The monk used a hammer and a chisel to chip away at the exterior until he revealed a statue that was made entirely of gold. And they restored the golden statue to its original state where it now sits in Bangkok. And thousands and thousands of devotees and tourists go to see it in all of its splendor. And here you can see there's just a few pictures of this beautiful, this beautiful um, statue, this beautiful relic. I mean, it really is amazing. There was no damage even from its fall, you know. But you know, on the path of spiritual living, you and I are like these golden Buddhas. We're like these golden Buddhas. Like the monks and villagers who covered the Buddha with clay and plaster over generations and years, our own authentic selves have been covered up at times. Well, you know, I mean, it didn't just happen. <laughs> Actually, the moment we appeared on the planet, we were, there was a load of BS that was put on us. You know, belief systems. That's what I'm talking about, belief systems. You know, from those of us who loved us and those of us who maybe not so much, but we received messages that they told us about who we are and, what, and, and how to show up and, and covering up our authentic selves. You know, we received messages from our parents, from our teachers, from the media, society, from clergy, governments. And we ourselves have even done our part in covering up at times to keep ourselves safe. To keep ourselves safe from, from pain. Over the course of our lives, there has been layer upon layer of clay over authentic selves where we ended up being domesticated, to where we believed that we were something that we're not, where we've come to believe and even defend the mask of clay and that which is inauthentic. And all of this comes at a cost. It comes at the cost of our own authenticity, of living a life of power. It comes at the cost of us living separate from others, to keep ourselves safe and to not let others close, 
We have to shut our hearts off to keep the love that is within from being expressed and to connect with others. It's kept us from living lives of power and of joy. And you know, and we can see this in the world today. Our need to be right, or even our need for others to be wrong, it keeps us from even speaking one to another. Acting from this separation keeps us from not only seeing the beauty in others, but it keeps us from seeing and experiencing our own beauty. We have forgotten the truth of who we are and the power that is ours as children of God. But the good news is, underneath that clay, underneath all that BS, <laughs> our true selves haven't gone, hasn't, haven't gone anywhere. It's been here all along. You know, in the philosophy and teaching of science of mind, science of mind, if you're new to Concordia, science of mind is the philosophy that, that we embrace here. as It's the basis for our common conversation. But a fundamental principle in science of mind is that, that there's only one life. And that life is God. Source, spirit, whatever name you want to call it. But this life and the expression of it is here and now. Now, in this moment. Not in the sweet by and by. Well, maybe then, but you know what? I'll find out then. But what I do know, it's here right now. And it's also in this moment, it's not just the moment, but it is all of the parts that are experiencing this moment. It is the within and the without. Dr. Holmes, our founder, he said that we are not becoming this life, but are now in and of this life. There is no other life. God is not becoming. God is. God is not growing. God is complete. God is not trying to find out something. God already knows. And since there is only one life, what is true about source, what is true about spirit, is the truth of you and me. We're talking about this becoming, but what is it, this journey of becoming? It is really not, it's not a becoming in truth with a capital T. This journey of becoming is a realization. It is the removing and it's the letting go of the mask. Hmm. It's a letting go of, of the disguises and that which we hide behind to allow the truth, to let the love shine, to let the love out so that we can experience the fullness of who we are. Our being in this very moment is a spark of the divine. And when we pause for a moment, like pausing at the top of that roller coaster to really drink it up, get the view, to, to marinate in the reality, the pervasiveness of God and goodness and spirit right here, right now. It's there in that moment, this moment, that we get to experience the joy and lightness of being.
There is a beauty and stillness in realizing this, that in our journey, that we have over this past year, over the course of our life, everything leading up to this moment, this moment is a culmination of all the moments that have led up to this. So we are standing on the mountaintop, even though it may feel like we are in a valley at times. But the reality is that we have more perspective than we've had any moment before now. God is always at hand, waiting to be noticed, forever revealing itself further through us as we allow it, as we allow it to express through the cracks that show up at times. You know, as a people and as a planet, we have fallen asleep. And it's the nature. It is, it is human nature. It is the cycle in the, this world of duality, of ebb and flow, of night and dark. You know what? There are times where we are awake. And there are times where we're asleep. But when we are, and when we have forgotten our authentic self, you can be certain that we're asleep. As a spiritual community, those who are on the spiritual path, each of you sitting here, you wouldn't be sitting here if you didn't know. If you didn't know or were aware that, oh, there is more. There is another way. There is a higher way. Life is not meant to be painful. But when we are hiding behind the mask, when we're believing that we're something that we're not, it is painful. But if we're going to continue to live in that separation, then we will feel pain and struggle and fear. And while illusion is always painful, the truth is healing and liberating. What did Jesus say? What does the truth do? It sets us free. Free from what? Free from illusion, from delusion, free from pain. You know, at Concordia Center for Spiritual Living, we envision humanity awakening to its spiritual magnificence. That is our mission. Our mission is to awaken humanity to its spiritual magnificence, to its authenticity. And this happens one individual at a time. And when we awaken to the truth that's beneath all of the beneath all of the domestication, we realize the power that we have to, to create a world that works for us. And, and in order for me to live in a world that works for me, I cannot live in a world where I am not sharing this and so that all can create a world that works for them. This is our vision, a world that works for everyone. But it starts with us as individuals. To not to keep putting the plaster on, filling in the cracks, but really to let the light out, to let the love out. How do we start? How do we begin this process of awakening and becoming? First, you know, many of us have been told that we came into this human experience broken. 
Many of us were taught this. I grew up in a Christian home, and there's this concept of original sin. I'm going to tell you right now, that's a lie. Let me, let me, let me put, it is true from the perspective of the clay. It is true from that perspective. It is not the truth from how God sees it. It is not the truth from the Buddha and the, and the authentic self from within. It may be true from if you accept that you are clay and that you are plaster. We have simply identified with a clay part of us and have forgotten that we're not the mask. We instead are the ones looking through the mask. And I would even go further to say that which is looking through the mask is God in you. We hear at Advent, we hear the Christmas season, we hear Emmanuel, God with us. You are that presence. The light that is in you is that presence. And that is what we awaken to. That is what's waiting to be revealed when we put down our mask. We, something else for us to realize is that, well, first, we are not sinful. We're not broken. <laughs> we are golden Buddhas. We are perfect, whole, and complete. But something else for us to realize is that even these experiences... The pain that we might feel, the struggle and the fear, trying the, the mask that we um, have identified with, they are temporary. They're temporary. Compared to our true nature, which is eternal and permanent. There's something else for us to be aware of, and I've been really mindful of this, and that something this week. I said this last week that it's in our pain that we discover who we are. Or at least we have the opportunity in our pain to discover who we are. You know, Rumi said this. He said, the wound is the place where the light enters you. And this was a reference actually about pain, pain and sorrow. What to do with it? It actually says stay with it. The wound is the place where the light enters you. If we look at from this perspective of the golden Buddha, in our understanding that we teach in science of mind, is it possible that, that the wound that we experience when we feel pain or grief or loss or difficulty or struggle or uncertainty or insert whatever the unwanted is, that in that there is an opportunity, there is a crack that actually that allows the light out. This process isn't um, pleasant. You know, when you've identified and you believe yourself to be a certain thing and then it's falling away and it isn't working, our effort, what, what, are, what are we prone to do? We're trying to fix it. We're trying to, like the acorn wanting, oh, I got a crack in my shell. I talked about that. Oh, I have a crack in my shell. Please help me heal my crack. 
where then you're just a knot. But if we surrender, if we surrender to this now moment and allow ourselves to let the light out, what light is wanting to be revealed? What is love wanting to demonstrate through me in this moment, in this experience? We come to awaken and realize that what may have worked before isn't working now, and that's okay, because evolution is occurring. We're evolving and growing. You know, I'm sure each one of us, we can go around the room, and each one of us could tell a story or a time in your life where there were, you had some painful experience, and it may have felt like it was the end of the world, and you couldn't see a way out. But you discovered something about yourself that you didn't know before. That you would not, you could not have known before without having gone through that experience. And that process, that experience, in fact, gave you a gift. A deeper realization. A realization of your becoming. We have the opportunity in our struggles to learn who we are and staying grounded in our spiritual practices, surrounding ourselves. The Buddha, the Shakyamuni Buddha, he said that spiritual friends are, is, are more than half of, the, of, the, of spiritual life, of enlightenment. Here in spiritual community, it is important to surround ourselves with people who see, who see past, who see past the clay, who see past the mask, and see us for who we really are when we might not be able to see ourselves and, and be able to see our own magnificence. There's one more thing and point to consider. You know, Dr. Holmes said, let us learn to be still and let the truth speak through us. To be still and know that the inner light shine. The love, the joy, the peace, the wisdom, the power, the beauty, it's already here. It's already here. When I came into science of mind, when I, came, when I first came into a center for spiritual living, I thought I was broken and that I needed to be fixed. And I came and let me take this class, let me take that class, and let me discover something new in order to sort of somehow paste the pieces together like Humpty Dumpty, to somehow get it together. And what I have come to realize is that trying to fix something that isn't broken, you're gonna keep, you're, you're gonna keep working at it. We're not broken. We're not broken. And if we can learn to be still and let the truth, to let the, the gold, to let the beauty, to let our essence, to let it shine. You know, when we feel the cracks, to me it's evidence that the spirit that is in us is larger than the circumstances. We experience cracks because that which is within us can't be contained by the temporary. Our highest self, there's a part of us that, <laughs> that is moving us forward, sometimes kicking and screaming. 
It can feel like a cosmic two by four. You know, when I was, you know, years ago, I would hear people say that, and I go, what are you talking about? No, oh, no, 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 I, I've got it all figured out. Everything is by, you know, I could, just, I could just know right here and fix it and manipulate it and make it happen. I've learned, I've grown up since then. There is something within us, this thing called life, spirit, that is moving us beyond the clay that's been put upon us. The spiritual path is one of subtraction, not addition. It's not about learning more stuff or, or learning a new technique or learning a new principle. It's about putting it down and letting the truth that's within us, the light that's within us, the love that is within us, you know, it's unfortunate that there are many people who will live their entire lives without experiencing or knowing their authenticity. For this reason, we exist to support one another in chipping away, <laughs> chipping away that which doesn't work, but also as from our own brilliance, our own light, that we can be a beacon to others, lighting the way for them in creating a world that works for everyone. My prayer for each one of us is that we awaken, that we awaken to the holy light, awaken to the truth of who we are, and that we be a beacon, lighting the way for others so that they may also awaken to their magnificence. Peace and love, my friends. Amen.